things here in this place. Just let me crack open this bit of water here because uh, I've been singing this morning and I'm a little bit dry. <laughs> um, Haley oh, will tell you I'm not a very good multitasker and so th- this morning I've been multitasking and that there's a lot there be a, if I start multitasking I leave a lot of things unfinished so um, that's not one of my gifts but uh, so that's a little bit about me for those of you <laughs> for those of you who don't know me my name is Luke and uh, we've been a part of this church for oh, it's been over two years now so that, that has gone real quick um, but uh, we, and we've been in Mount Barker for about a year and a half, and it's uh, been fantastic. Um, we love the place. Um, it's an incredible place to be. God is moving in the hills, and uh, we believe that. And uh, my wife, Haley, we've been married for nearly 12 years now. I got that right. That's good. And, uh, yeah, and uh, it's great to do life together. Um, so this morning, I was just uh, praying this week, and... Uh, I was wondering, you know, what to share and all that sort of thing. And uh, we've been talking about overcoming fear and, and all that. And it's been incredible. And God has really been speaking to me in that area, just overcoming some of your fears. My, my greatest fear is, um, you know, just uh, believe it or not, is actually uh, one of my greatest fears is actually public speaking. I've never, um, I've never really uh, enjoyed it too much. But I know that it's something that God has called me to do, and um, you know, I believe it or not, I'm standing here before you this morning. I'm just being honest. Um, I'm always, when I'm preparing messages, I'm always making sure, double checking, triple checking everything. And Haley will tell you, I always double check, triple check everything like that. It's one of my obsessive compulsive things that I do. I'm only human. I always like to double check things, and 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 that doubt comes into my mind. Um, when I'm when I'm about to do stuff like this, and uh, you know, we've got to get over that. And it's one thing; it's been great um, listening to Pastor Gary's messages about overcoming fear. But uh, so this morning, um, in that aspect, um, I actually want to talk about possessing. Do I need to move this a little bit? Possessing the promises that God has for your life, possessing that promised land that God has for your life. Um, who believes here in this place that God has a promise for them? And you, have you seen glimpses of it so far in your life? You have seen glimpses of it? Yeah. Who knows that, the, that we have an enemy out there and that he will do all that he can to, to stop us from possessing that land, possessing that promise that he has for us? And John 10.10, 10, it says, the, uh, the thief does not come except to steal, kill, and to destroy. But I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. And I was reading this scripture, and in my Bible I've got um, little um, notes on certain words and that, and it has like a Strong's meaning and, and the actual meaning of the word. And I was looking at that word abundantly, and it, and it is, uh, let me try and pronounce it, it is uh, perisos, and uh, it means a superabundance, excessive, overflowing, surplus, over and above, more than enough, Profuse, extraordinary, above the ordinary, more than sufficient. That is a powerful word right there. Some versions say to the full. That's what life to the full means. And uh, what an incredible, incredible word that is that that Jesus gave us. And uh, so this morning I want to read a passage of scripture that that will show us what to do and what not to do 
uh, when we have the opportunity to possess the promised land or the promises that God has for us. Who wants to do that this morning? Who wants to possess those promises that God has for your life? I know I do. So let's have a look at the first, the original promise, which is in Exodus 3. And we're talking about uh, the Israelites, the promise to the Israelites. Um, and uh, in Exodus uh, chapter 3, verses 7 and 8, this is when um, God is appearing to Moses in the, in the, uh, at the burning bush. And it says, And the Lord said, I have surely seen the oppression of my people who are in Egypt, and I have heard their cry because of their taskmasters, for I know their sorrows. So I have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up from that land to a, large, uh, to a good and large land, to a land flowing with milk and honey, to the place of the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Amorites and the Perizzites and the Hivites and the Jebusites. That's a, that's a pretty good land by the sound of it. So that's the original promise. You know, God has promised the Israelites that they'll be freed from Egypt and they're going to they're going to go in the promised land. Let's now turn to the book of Numbers. Book of Numbers. And uh, we're going to do a bit of Bible reading this morning. And uh, we're actually going to have a look. Uh, They've they're actually been wandering in the wilderness for a little bit. They've seen the miracles of the parting of the Red Sea, manna from heaven, all that sort of stuff. But now here comes the opportunity to actually possess that promise. So let's have a read from uh, uh, Numbers chapter 13. And it says, And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Send men to spy out the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the children of Israel. From each tribe of their fathers you shall send a man, everyone a leader among them. So just remember that part, a leader among them. So Moses sent them from the wilderness of Paran according to the command of the Lord, and all of them who were heads of the children of Israel. All right, so there, Moses has had a word from the Lord. This is the land. Now, this is what I want you to do. I want you to send spies to spy out the land. Let's continue reading. We're going to go from uh, uh, verse 17 because there's a, that, like, he's just explained. The, the, I don't want to read out all those names because they're pretty hard to pronounce. But, uh, so uh, we'll go from verse 17. It says, Then Moses sent them to spy out the land of Canaan and said to them, Go up this way into the south and go up to the mountains and see what the land is like, whether the people who dwell in it are strong or weak, few or many, whether the land they dwell in is good or bad, whether the cities they inhabit are like camps or strongholds, whether the land is rich or poor, and whether there are forests there or not. Be of good courage and bring some, some of the fruit of the land now uh, bring some of the fruit of the land. Now the time was the season of the first ripe grapes. So they went up and spied out the land from the wilderness of Zin as far as Rehob, near the entrance of Hamath. And they went up through the south, and they came to Hebron. Ahiman, whatever those words are, and the descendants of Anak were there. Uh, <laughs> let's keep reading. Verse 23. Then they came to the valley of Eshol, and, they, and there cut down a branch with one cluster of grapes. They carried it between two of them on a pole. They also bought some pomegranates and, fizz, and figs. The place was called the valley of Eshol because the, of the cluster which the men of Israel cut down there. And they returned from spying out the land after 40 days. Now they departed and came back to Moses and Aaron and all the congregation of the children of Israel in the wilderness of Paran at Kadesh. They brought back word to them and all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. They, showed, they told them and said, We went to the land where you sent us. It truly flows with milk and honey 
and this is its fruit. All right, so you can see from this passage that I've read, this is clearly the land that God has promised them. Could you imagine how big those grapes were? If they had to carry it between the two of them, you know, on a, on a pole, they're massive. Have you seen a cluster of grapes you buy from Coles and that? They're tiny. They're, these grapes must have been massive, man. So the fruit of the lamb was, was, was massive. Like, it was awesome. Let's keep reading from uh, verses 28. It says, Nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land, so this is their report now, so they've seen the, prom- they've seen the land, they've, they've bought back fruit of the promised land, and it says, Nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land are strong, the cities are fortified and very large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the south, the Hittites, the Jebusites, and the Amorites dwell in the mountains, and the Canaanites dwell by the sea along the banks of the Jordan. Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, Let us go at once and take possession, for we are well able to overcome it. But the men who had gone up with them said, We are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we are. And they gave the children of Israel a bad report of the land, which they had spied out, saying, The land through which we have gone as spies, it devours its inhabitants, and all the people whom we saw are men of great stature. There we saw giants. The descendants of Anix came from the giants, uh, came from the giants, and we were like grasshoppers in our own sight, and so we were in their sight. So, from this passage here, this is the report of the land that they've given. Um, obviously, two different reports. From like ten of the leaders were saying that it's we can't do it. And two of the leaders, as we read further on, say that we can. So from this passage, I want to highlight some points of what we need to do in order to take possession of the promised land in our life. Number one, this is our first point here this morning. It's that, uh, from this passage, don't let negativity control your actions. Don't let negativity control your Who knows that negativity can make problems seem a lot bigger than what they actually are. Verse 33, There we saw the giants, and we were like grasshoppers in our own sight, and so we were in their sight. Notice how it says we were like grasshoppers in our own sight. It didn't say that the the people were there and they saw them there and they said, Hey, you grasshopper, let me tread on you. Like, you know, it, it didn't say that the people actually called them grasshoppers. It just said that they were like grasshoppers in their own sight. So it was their view of the people. So how often do we blow stuff out of proportion with our negativity? How often can negativity blow things out of proportion? I want to highlight the point that these spies that were sent out were actually key leaders. It says they were, they were key lead, everyone a leader among them. I want to speak to people that are leaders this morning. They might be leading a department. They might be leading in their workplace. They might be you know, leading in anything in this church you know, or anywhere in, in their workplace or whatever. We have to be careful what we say. We have to be so careful what we say. Um, Proverbs 18.21 says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat of its fruit. 
So speaking negativity into a situation can have a powerful effect. And in, that, in the, in the uh, thing of uh, overcoming fear, negativity can actually cause fear. So their negative report, chapter 14, it says, So all the congregation lifted up their voices and cried, and the people wept that night. And the children of Israel complained against Moses and Aaron, and the whole congregation said to them, If only we had died in the land of Egypt, or if only we had died in this wilderness, why has the Lord brought us to this land to fall by the sword that our wives and children should become victims? Would it not be better for us to return to Egypt? That... They've seen the promise, but because of the negativity of, of, the, of the spies that were actually leaders among the people, the negative report from their leaders, actually, they didn't possess the promise. So we need to be very, very careful of what we say. Even if you're not a leader in this place, but you're a part of a team, be very, very careful in what you say. Who knows that a lot of the time in this world, the negative far ways far outweighs the positive. I, I was listening to the radio on the way to work, you know, because my CD player is a bit botched up in the car at the moment, so I'm listening to a lot of radio. You can, there's only so much of Power FM you can listen to. Um, so I put it on the ABC sometimes to have a listen to what's going on. And the amount of negativity that is going on that, that, that people talk about on, on different things, it, it, it's crazy. Um, it, it's, not, it's not very often that you hear a positive report. And so we just need to be very, very careful. Um, the children of Israel stopped believing in the promise that God had for them because, of, because they believed the negative report of the, of the ten spies. And because of that negative report, a whole generation except for Joshua and Caleb missed out on that promise. They actually died in the wilderness. Have a think about that. Is there someone around you that, has, that, that is speaking to you and sharing with you at the moment about the promises of God for their life? I want to encourage you to, if, if it's something that in the natural looks, out, looks outside, you know, looks, looks impossible to possess, I just want to encourage you to, to speak. Try, to, try not to speak negativity into that situation. Try to encourage them, which leads me to my next point. Number two, we need to trust in God. And listen to the positive reports. In uh, Numbers, uh, in, in in verse thirteen of that pas- uh, in chapter thirteen of that passage, and verse thirty, then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, "Let us go once. At, let us go up at once and take possession, for we are well able to overcome it." So, in amongst this negativity, he is trusting in God and listening and, and giving a positive report. Now let's have a look at that word able that, that, um, that Caleb has, has, has um, spoken here. Um, let me try and pronounce it. Yakol. Yakol. It means to be able, to have power, having the capacity to prevail or succeed. That is a completely different report to what those other ten spies were giving. We have the capacity. We have the power. God has given us the power to prevail and succeed. This is incredible trust in God. This is incredible trust. You know, 
Haley spoke a couple of weeks ago, and um, uh, she spoke about a time like in my life where I was working around a lot of negativity and 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 all that. The the, the guy I was working with, he's a, he's a great bloke. But don't get me wrong, he's an excellent bloke. He's done. He he's he's got a good heart, but he was very very negative towards a lot of things, and negativity can really just squash the the atmosphere just really do something and my life was beginning to reflect that negative atmosphere that I was working in I was I was a very angry man at home I wasn't I wasn't very pleasant to live with at all um I'm being, I'm I'm just being I'm just being honest with you I I um I I wasn't happy with life at all because I was believing this thing and and the promises that God had promised for my life and for me and Haley looked so far off because I was believing that negative I was in that atmosphere of negativity um I I I I was just going to church because it was the thing to do I I my relationship with God started to not really be there because of the fact that I was allowing all these other things to 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 trap me and um so we need to be very very, very careful with the reports that we give. Um, we need to trust in God. I want to encourage you this morning, if you're struggling with, uh, with, with possessing the promises that God has for your life, and you're thinking it's not, gonna, it's not possible, if you're thinking like the Israelites and, and, and like this is impossible, God has chosen me to do an impossible task. God has chosen me to do something that, that I can't do. I want and things of life are starting to build up and smash you around and, and, and all that sort of thing. I want to encourage you. Grab a hold of your word. Start flicking through the scriptures and actually finding positive scriptures that, that apply to your life. I was only reading this week when I was sort of a little bit in doubt with what I was sharing and, and a little bit in doubt with, with, with myself. Um, I, I was reminded of Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. It says, for I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. And this is what, this was part of this. Um, when, when God promised the Israelites this promised land, a land with plenty in it, uh, all they had to do was, was trust in God and actually overcome the opposition and not listen to those negative reports. Oh, how it would have been different for that generation of people. And I just want to encourage you this morning, think positively. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. He will direct your path. Sometimes our path in life isn't clear to reach our promise. Sometimes it's not as clear as day. It's it's as clear as mud sometimes. Our promise, we know what it is, but we can't see it. Trust in the Lord. He will direct your path. He will guide you. He will lead you. Trust in the Lord. Bring a positive report. Sometimes we need to be like Joshua and Caleb and speak positively. You even see in uh, chapter 14, verses 7 and 9, Joshua starts putting his two cents in now. He says, And they spoke to the congregation because they're still complaining. Um, it says, the land we pass through to spy is exceedingly good land. 
If the Lord delights in us, which we know he does, then he will bring us to this land and give it to us, a land which flows milk and honey. Only do not rebel against the Lord, nor fear, here's that fear word again, nor fear the people of the land, for they are our bread. So he's actually saying these people have been given to us. Their protection has departed from them, and the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. Twice he said, do not fear them. And their reaction was, well, let's stone them to death. Like, there's ten, there's, ten, there's ten people that have seen exactly the same land. They've given in this report, and only two of you are believing this. So let's, let's just get rid of you. But then you see, God intervenes. Because God wants us to trust in him, think positively, so that we can possess those promises. Let's have a look at um, point number three now. When it comes time to possess the promised land that we have for our life, we need to step out and take it. You know, it's one, a thought dropped in my mind while I was at work, and I knew that it had, been, had to be from God because I was at work. Um, it's one thing to know what the promises of God are for your life. It's another thing to actually act on them and take possession of them when God gives you the opportunity. The Israelites knew that they were going to a land flowing with milk and honey. Otherwise, they wouldn't have followed Moses out of Egypt. They would have stayed in Egypt. So they, they knew somewhere along the line that they were going, despite seeing all these miracles from heaven and all that sort of stuff, they didn't act on that opportunity. They chose to believe the negative and not focus on the positive, and that whole generation was wiped away other than Joshua and Caleb. So we need to act on the opportunities that we get. They had no faith. They had no faith. You know, we need faith to act sometimes on the opportunities. We need, we need to have faith to step out. To step out of our comfort zone sometimes. We need to... see. I don't know why they would be comfortable in the wilderness, but it obviously got a little bit comfortable for them. They wanted to go back to Egypt and stuff. I don't, I don't understand their thinking really, but how often in our life have we gone, oh, it was so much better back there. It was so much better when I was doing this, when I wasn't even worried about this. How am I, oh, if only I was there. If only I was at, if only I was at this church. You know, if only I was fellowshipping at, I don't know, a different church, maybe my life would be better. No, God has placed you in this, in, this, in this church. Have faith. Step into the promise that he has placed you here for a reason. Step into that. If God is calling you to, to do something and it's part of the promises that he's promised for your life, do it. Do it. I know for a fact that our pastors and our senior leadership team are encouraging. They will do all they can to help you to step into the promises that God has for your life. Trust in God. Trust in God. Without faith, it is, like, they didn't have faith. It didn't please God, so they, they, they all died in the wilderness. But let's have a look at Hebrews chapter 6 because um, I, don't know, I think they call it this the faith chapter. I'm not sure. Correct me if I'm wrong. It talks a lot about faith. Um, 
But it says in verse 11, verse 6, it says, But without faith it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And then it goes on to say, By faith Noah moved with godly fear. I'm just cutting and pasting a few of these things now. But by faith Noah moved with godly fear, prepared an ark which saved his household. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place which he would receive as an inheritance. He went out not knowing where he was going. By faith, Sarah herself also received strength to conceive because she was past the childbearing age. And then in verse 13, these all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them from afar off. So although they, didn't, they only saw like a partial fulfillment of their promise, these guys maintain, the, the, these, these people maintain their faith in God. We need to have that same faith. It's been recorded here in the Word to encourage us to have faith, to encourage us. By faith, Noah built an ark. Now, it wasn't raining. They'd never seen rain for years, but he still did it anyway. And... The, the reward for that was incredible. He stepped out, trusted in God. He saw what God promised. Abraham stepped out in faith. It's incredible to see these people. Even though they didn't see the full promise, they still did it anyway. They still, they still stepped out in faith. It was through their faith they were rewarded. And you know what? Through Joshua's faith, through Joshua's faith, he was actually rewarded by he was actually the leader. He actually became the leader. He was the next in charge. Once Moses passed away, he was he was the man who led them into the promised land. And you read through the book of Joshua, and there's a lot of conquests, there's a lot of land that they took under Joshua's leadership and stuff because he trusted in God. There's a lot of promises for your life too that you can take hold and possess if only you trust in God. You know, sometimes, sometimes we have to wait a long time to receive the promise. It doesn't always fall into our lap. Like as we've been reading in Numbers that God didn't just hand them the land, they had to actually step into the promise to receive the land. And Caleb, when they possessed the land, he, he actually waited 45 years after that word was given to him to actually possess that piece of land that God had promised him through Moses. So I'm going to have a look at um, Joshua chapter 14. Verses twelve to thirteen. Uh, verses twelve to thirteen, and this is when um, they're dividing land up, and uh, Caleb is approaching Joshua, and he's asking for his piece, his his piece of land that was promised, and uh, you know it, it, he's reminding Joshua of, of of this scripture that I've read out to you in Numbers, this event that happened, and that he has followed the Lord wholeheartedly, and so it says. This is what Joshua is saying. Uh, this is what Caleb is saying to Joshua. It says, Now give me this hill country that the Lord promised me that day. You yourself heard that then 
heard then that the Anakites were there and their cities were large and fortified, but the Lord helping me will drive them out just as he said. Then Joshua blessed Caleb and gave him Hebron as his inheritance. Sometimes we need to ask for it. Like, like Caleb did, he, he, he still had to ask and possess that promise. He, he was like, don't you remember that land which was promised to me because I gave this good report? Don't you remember that? This is my land, I want to possess it. This is the land God has pr- promised me. And so he actually asked for it. Sometimes we've got to, like I've, I've heard so many Christians say, Oh, the Lord will give it to me when he's ready. And that's true. The Lord will, in his time, give you the promises that he's promised you. But sometimes you've got to actually step out, grab hold of him, and say, this is the thing that God has promised me. And just grab it. Grab it. I was thinking of, um, I've, I've heard stories of, um, you know, I, when I was uh, putting this message together, I was thinking of, um, of, of people that are having difficulty having children. And uh, I don't know whether anyone out, out there, out, out here this morning or listening to the podcast is, is having, uh, God's promised them a child or a family, but they're not seeing that. I want to encourage you, if that's what God has promised, he will deliver. He will deliver. You do what you can to possess it. God will see your faith and he will reward you in the right time. He will reward you. Like I said, Caleb, it was 45 years. I think he was 40 years old when, when, they, when he spied out the land. He was 85 when he actually possessed it. That is a long time. And he still had to ask for it when it was time to possess it. And so if you're having difficulty this morning, like, having a family, I don't know why this is coming to me, if you're having difficulty and you know God's promised you a family, I want to encourage you, God never goes back on his promises. God never goes back on his promises. The only reason why that generation missed out on those promises was because they didn't trust God. They believed the negativity don't believe the negative stuff that is going on in this world today. Don't let it take hold. Don't let it grip you with fear. Step out. Take it. Grab hold of the promises of God for your life. What promise, what promise is it for you today? What has God promised for you today? Just close your eyes for a sec. I just want you to have a think about it. You might have been promised something from God many years ago. You might have only just been, you might have just had a word from God about a certain thing. You might have been promised a promotion. You might have been promised, um, you know, uh, it could be anything. God might have called you into ministry or whatever. Could be anything. Just have a think about that promise for a second. I want to challenge you. Have you forgotten about that promise this morning? 
Have you actually forgotten about it? Because I know that there have been times in my life where I've forgotten the promises of God. And there are times where we need to be reminded. And this morning, I just want you just to take a little bit of time just to think about those promises this morning and actually reflect on it. And ask the Lord, what do I need to do to take possession of that promise? You might have to wander around for a little bit and in in, have a wilderness experience to possess it. In that wilderness experience, God uses that time to refine you, to shape you, to mold you into the person that you need to be to possess that promise. Have a think about that. Because I want to challenge you this morning. We need to overcome our fear. Let's not, let's not let negativity create fear in other people. We sung it this morning. We're no longer slaves to fear. Do you really mean what you're singing? Do you really mean what you're singing? You know, the bridge of that song, you split the sea so I could walk right through it. That is, these, these Israelites actually saw it. But yet, they, unfortunately, they didn't remember that. They didn't remember the miracles that God had performed, to them, uh, uh, performed for them in the past to sustain them while they were wandering out of Egypt. They didn't remember all that. But instead they chose to listen to this negative report. I don't want any of you to miss out on those promises. The last thing I want to see for my life is I don't want to see me miss out on the promises that God has. And my kids shouldn't have to step into those promises that I should have possessed. They should already be living in those promises. The next generation, the youth of our church, the children of our church shouldn't have to try to possess the land that we have been called to possess. We need to step out and possess it. The next generation should be already walking in, those promise, in that promised land and then they should be able to possess further and above and beyond what's been promised to us because they're already walking in those promises that we have possessed. That whole generation missed out. They died in the wilderness. Joshua and Caleb were the only two people out of that generation that saw those promises. And the next generation were able to step into that land. I don't want that to be us this morning. I don't want that to be any of you this morning. God has promised you abundant life. Remember that word abundant this morning. Remember that word. I'm just going to remind you. I'm just going to go back and remind you of that word. God is that word abundant. Where did I find it? It's over here somewhere. Here we go. That word abundant. Superabundance. Excessive, overflowing, surplus, over and above, more than enough, profuse, extraordinary, above the ordinary, more than sufficient. Whew, that's powerful. This is what God has. This is the life God has promised for us. Who believes that this morning? So, in conclusion, what do we need to do to take possession? 
One, not let, negative, not let negativity control our actions. Squash it. Squash the negative reports. Number two, trust in God. Build positive reports. Listen to the positive reports. You are a child of God. You are born again into his family. You have an inheritance this morning. You are a child of God. You're not just a servant, you're a child. And when it comes time to possess the promised land, we need to have the faith to step out and take it. Use those first two points. Have the faith. Step out and take it. Don't miss out on the promises of God for your life. Let's just bow our heads and close our eyes. You know, this morning... There might be people here that don't know the Lord. And you probably might be the first time you've heard about God. Might be you might have heard about God before. I want to say to you that God has promised you a life and a life to the full. Yes, there will be challenges. I'm not lying about that. There will be challenges, but you have someone to walk through life with. And I want to ask you the question this morning. If you don't know the Lord and you want to know him as your personal Lord and Savior, while every head is bowed and every eye is closed, I just want you to raise your hand where you are. I'm just going to give this a little bit of time because it's very important this morning. If you want to know God, if you want to know Jesus, I want you to raise your hand and welcome you into his family. If that is you, just going to leave it for a little bit just to see. Your heart might be pounding at the moment. That's, that's just God speaking to you, saying, come. Come and know me. I have a life for you. And there's a second group of people I'm wanting to speak to this morning. While every head is bowed and every eye is closed, If you know that you've been promised something, but yet you see you, you you're struggling to to come to grips with it, and you're having trouble, and your faith is lacking a little bit, and you think I'm never going to possess this promise, I just want to pray with you this morning. If that's you this morning, I want you to raise your hand. That's good. I'm I'm seeing hands raised because God has promised you something. God has, God's promises will always come to pass. He doesn't just speak and then go back on his promises. Just keep your hand raised. I'm going to pray for you. Lord, I just want to pray for these people this morning. I pray, Lord, that you just remind them that of the promises that you have promised them, Lord. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you just begin to speak to them, Lord. And I pray that if there's anything in their life, Lord, that they need to sort out or, or to overcome in order to possess this promise, I pray that you reveal it to them right now. 
And I pray, Lord, that you just bring people around them, Lord, to encourage them, Lord, to be able to step into the promises that you have. And Lord, I pray right now for these people that they will be able to see the promises fulfilled in their life. Lord, reveal to them what it is today. Remind them of the promises, Lord. I pray that you begin to drop scriptures in their heart this morning, reminding them of your promises, reminding them, Lord, building them up, encouraging them, Lord. Because, Lord, you're a God that does not go back on your word. And so I thank you for the honesty of these people this morning. And I pray that we can hear reports and testimonies, Lord, of people possessing the promised land that you have for them. Thank you, Lord. You're a wonderful God. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you, guys. Um, awesome. Thank, thank you, Luke. Just as you um, do your double act, we'll just close. What we'll do now is we're just going to uh, one last song to take us out. I remember this free coffee in the cafe, and I've tasted a cup last week, and it is good coffee, and I am a coffee snob. I'm probably the world's biggest coffee snob, and it is good coffee. So um, just thank you very much. Um, look, just have an awesome week, all right? Just, just take this word in your heart um, and just overcome those fears and possess that, what God, the promises that he has put in your heart because they are yours. He hasn't put them there for, um, because he likes doing that. They are your promises. So possess them. Praise God.